0: Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Good evening.
1: You're listening to Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy another exciting episode of our show.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Dana Maher. Before I get started, today is that day. 30 years ago, on this day, the positively unique class of 1991 from Petersburg High School. Petersburg, Virginia walked across that stage and got their high school diploma. So to my classmates, I want to say happy 30th anniversary to 3030, 30, y'all. We're going to do it in August, so make sure you check in to the page and get the updates. I want to see all y'all down there, so we'll see you when you get there, all right? Don't meet me there, beat me there, all right? That's all I wanted to say about that, give a shout out to my classmates, but before I get into, and we get into this show because I'm waiting for my my right-hand man to get here, but um. I found this article that said that the remote workers put in longer hours but were less efficient. This is based on a study. So it says uh, a new study found that remote workers may not be as productive as they are in person. Employees are beginning to trickle back into their offices just in time after a new study found that remote work reduces productivity. The study which surveyed the remote work habits of 10,000 employees at an Asian technology company between April 2019 and August 2020, found a 20% decrease in output, according to a recent report. Although the workers in work from home and productivity evidence from personnel and analytics data on IT professionals by Michael Gibbs, Frederick Mingle, and Christoph Seymraff seem to work longer hours, they were not as efficient as they would be in a structured workplace. The study found that although the workers spent 30% more time working from home, their productivity fell as they spent more time in meetings with their bosses to constantly outline their responsibilities. The academics also pointed out that the staff at the unnamed firm they studied were involved in particularly challenging work that might be better suited to an office environment. Employees in less skilled occupations, such as making customer calls, might be better suited to remote situations the study said the subjects of the study were highly trained and their work involved significant cognitive work developing new software or hardware applications or solutions collaborating with teams of professionals working with clients and engaging in innovation and continuous improvement and that's the end of the article that was real quick but you know it, it's get back in the office man i know some of y'all don't want to go back some people are happy being at home but man working at home you get caught up you take naps you can relax you can lay back but you still gotta get that work done so i don't you might want to be careful because you know everything's starting to open back up now and if they get slick with it next thing you know they may be trying to cut the pay of those who don't want to come back into work or who knows what they're going to do. Everything has been up in the air. People have been losing it. You know, mask mandates have been lifted. So, you know, you go in some stores, no problem. You go in other stores, people are looking at you like you're an alien, whether you have on your mask or whether you don't. So everybody's paranoid right now. You know, hopefully one day we'll get back to just... We can't even get back to what was known to be normal. Our normal, our new normal, is what it is now. So just still take your precautions. Give people those six feet. Um, give them their six feet. Make sure you keep your hands clean and, you know, keep yourself clean. All of those things that most of us were taught growing up, now put it into practice if if we want to have some kind of decent living out here all right in other news the supreme court rejects retroactive sentence reductions for small amounts of crack cocaine not surprising now, the supreme court ruled against a florida man who sought to have his sentence for a low-level drug crime reduced holding that a bipartisan push in congress in 2018 to ease such punishments didn't address address his circumstances Though so the question in the case was narrow, it arrived as bipartisan majorities in Congress have sought to rethink long sentences for relatively small amounts of drugs, and it sparked a heated debate between one of the high court's leading conservative voices and one of his leading liberals over the history of drug sentencing and whether Congress should write this injustice, despite the fact that all nine justices agreed on the outcome of the case. The Associate Justice Clarence Thomas wrote the opinion for the court. Associate Justice Sonia Sotomayor wrote a concurring opinion in which she agreed with both of the, most of the court's reasoning but described the outcome as no small injustice and encouraged Congress to change the law to address similar situations. The first step at ease tough on crime policies that swelled prison populations and had a disproportionate impact on African American communities but his language was unclear to whether certain low-level low level offenders could seek retroactive sentence reduction to, to lower courts held setting up a situation where those convicted of more serious crimes may wind up with a more lenient punishment Tarek Terry pleaded guilty to possessing a small amount of crack cocaine in 2008, about 3.9 grams and was sentenced to more than 15 years in prison filed suit after the 2018 law passed seeking to reduce the sentence. The case involved the interplay of three laws passed by Congress, Reagan area drug statutes, which created three tiers of sentences based on the amount of drugs involved, a 2010 law intended to reduce penalties for crack cocaine, and the 2018 First Step Act. In 2010, lawmakers increased the amount of crack cocaine needed to trigger a 10-year mandatory minimum sentence. 50 grams to 280 grams. In the second tier, carrying a five-year mandatory minimum sentence, Congress increased the amount of drugs necessary from 5 grams to 28 grams. By raising the threshold for the amounts of drugs required, lawmakers lowered the sentences for many people convicted of carrying a small amount of crack. The 2018 First Step Act made those sentence reductions retroactive. But the complication at the heart of terry's case involves a third tier a catch-all that sets the sentence of up to 20 years for any amount of drugs not covered by the others terry was sentenced in 2008 the third tier went up to five grams so he was on the upper end of that range now it tops out at 28 grams and he's on the lower end lawmakers in 2010 changed that third tier by default since the law passed that year amended the two other tiers, but they didn't explicitly change the text of the statutes to the third tier. The grant of retroactivity in 2018 applied only to the tiers that were directly amended by the 2010 law. Terry's lawyers said Congress must have intended the benefit of retroactivity for low-level offenders if it offered it to those with larger amounts of drugs, but the provision didn't specifically say that. The Justice Department under the Trump administration noted that Terry faced the same sentence under the old law as he did under the modified one, up to 20 years. Now, the Biden administration took their opposite view, agreeing with Terry. Given this change in the government's position, the Supreme Court found an outside lawyer to argue in defense of the law in May, the final oral arguments of the 2020-2021 term. Describing Terry's argument as a textual sleight of hand, Thomas wrote that the 2018 law did not modify the 2010 law, and so the lower sentences cannot be applied retroactively. We will not convert nouns to adjectives and vice versa, Thomas wrote for the court. It also defies common parlance to say that altering a different provision modified the last tier at issue in the case. In her concurring opinion, Sotomayor said she could not agree with Thomas' summary of how the nation wound up with far higher sentences for crack than for powdered cocaine. In a footnote, Sotomayor described Thomas' retelling as unnecessary, incomplete, and sanitized. That criticism is a response to one of Thomas' own footnotes, in which he writes that a majority of the Congressional Black Caucus either co sponsored. Or voted for the tougher sentences At the time Let me say that one more time (laughs) A majority of the congressional black caucus Either co-sponsored or voted For the tougher sentences At that time While the Fair Sentencing Act of 2010 And First Step Act of 2018 Brought us a long way toward eradicating The vestiges of the 100 to 1 crack to powder disparity Some people have been left behind So the mayor wrote among them are people like Petitioner Tariq Chet- Terry. Several of the First Steps Act's authors, including Senator Dick Durbin, Democrat of Illinois, and Senator Chuck Grassley, Republican of Iowa, told the court that it was their intent to cover low-level offenders in Terry's situation. But at a time when the court puts heavy emphasis on the text of a statute, both conservative and liberal justices wrestled to square that goal with a specific language. I'm looking at what Congress did Not what maybe they should have done Associate Justice Stephen Breyer Said during the arguments So the mayor returned to that point In her separate opinion Fortunately, Congress has numerous Tools to write this She justice sheet up. A federal district court And an Atlanta appeals court both ruled That Terry's circumstances were not Covered by the retroactivity Provision So unfortunately this young man has to finish serving his time and we'll see what goes from there but it's kind of odd and it's been said years ago you get more time for drugs than you do for taking a life so it's kind of interesting but anyway it's the six man Dean Geronimo it's 84 degrees up here in New Jersey and from NJ to NC I'm here with my right hand man Mark Lee so Mark Tell me what's good in your neck of the woods, my brother.
3: Oh, it's quiet over here. You know, we're just chilling, checking out. A friend of mine is doing a concert that I'm helping to promote and get the word out. So she's running a thrift store. So I was actually, as you were talking, I was just checking out the emails and saw that we've got a couple of ticket sales, not tons of them, but I think we had ten, and it looks like somebody might have bought three or four more. So, you know, it's a slow process. uh, Concerts in three weeks and I know we created 250 tickets, and hopefully folks will come and check out Reese, who's been on our show before. That's that neo-country singer that's here in the area, but our friend quintal is doing this fundraiser for creating a thrift store that will employ some of these folks that have autism and some of those kinds of disorders. So she's actually had a store before okay. that she worked for, but now she's in the process of creating her own. So as I was hearing your monologue, I was seeing that a ticket had come across I thought it might have been two, but, you know, every time I see an event right now, I get happy because I'm like, that means somebody bought a ticket. So <laughs> I, I check my emails, and I'm like, okay. And I think we were up to 10, so that might put us up to 13 or 15, and there are 250 out there for sale. So we're hoping they will continue to trickle in until the next week or two. So it was great, and definitely glad that they are uh having that go on and definitely want that uh, story to go and get off. And I might even have Crystal call in at some point and talk about real life works, which is her company. And she can share about her own experiences with dealing with some of these folks and how she's definitely doing a great thing for them. And I know you were talking about the prison system. And I do have to tell you that I was watching the news recently and uh, Mm -hmm. there was a uh, young woman that was in the news from Brazil and Apparently, uh, from the news that I read, she had made uh, Miss Bobbitt look mild because wow. she didn't just, you know, decide to cut it off. But apparently, she also decided to bake it. So she decided to fry it up. And what you're going to do with fry it up that, I have no idea. But when they uh, <laughs> when they arrested her, apparently she had decided not just to uh, – go so I guess you don't mess with those women from Latin America. Because he decided she just wasn't going to do the Bobbit but she was also going to cook it. So we'll just leave it at that. But I'm sitting there going, like, that's just – Okay, lame.
2: you know what? Million dollar question: Did yeah. she cook it for
3: him or did she cook it for her?
2: Who's eating the dick? <laughs> well, like I said, she
3: she cut it off. So I mean, I'm thinking he's bleeding. I think he's bleeding and gone. So I don't know who she's cooking for. Was she gonna give? would she going give it to the dog? I don't
2: know. Oh no, she said it, it was over. Whoever it was going to, somebody was gonna take it. So.
3: Somebody's gonna take it. It was crazy. I saw that the news, and it came across my news feeds. And, and we're not talking to somebody this. as I recall, when Bobby did her thing, I think she was in her maybe her forties or something like that. But this was a fairly yeah. really young woman because I think they showed a picture of her. She was thirty three. Looked like the cutest couple you ever wanted to see. But you know, that all comes back to something that you talk about all the time, which is looks can be deceptive. Because like I said, they looked like the cutest couple, but apparently somebody would highly man at somebody else. So, like I said, those looks can be quite
2: deceptive. Hey, he must have been out there, you know, uh, passing it around. And she said, no, no, and no. So, this will be the last time that you pass anything around out here because I'm going to cut it off and I'm going to bake it for like you. And then <laughs> if you don't like it, you can just eat it. I don't know what exactly. just happened there, but everything that looks good to you is not good for you. And fellas, if y'all are out there getting it there like that, boy, just stay single, dog, because yeah, exactly. you're getting cut off, man. There's some women that's not playing, and she probably told him before, like, if you're out here cheating, you know I'm gonna cut your stuff off. And he probably was like, yeah, right, you're not gonna do anything. It's go, it's okay. I I, I can still do what I want. And found out otherwise, and surprise is gone. You don't know what you got till it's gone, either. So, hey man, now if you are still alive, she just made you what some people would call a yonic. Yep, (laughs) and then then the million dollar question is, hey dude, how you go to bathroom? Yeah,
3: exactly. I don't know what the heck he's going to do now. He's just in, assuming, like you said, he's alive or whatever, and I'm not sure, I didn't get that far on the the story, but assuming that he's around, he's got some serious things that he's got to try to figure out, how he's going to do this and that, because it does not sound like a good situation in the least bit. So I'm trying to figure out how he's going to do anything if he's still around. And if he's not around, then he's going to have to have some serious explanations to the powers that be upstairs so you got to have some serious explanation to them explaining how that happened and what happened and by the way on a lighter note on a different note i understand that we do have a Oh, I guess it's a fourth vaccine (laughs) because we got a fourth variant. So now we got a fourth vaccine. So Novavax apparently has come out with a vaccine, but now they're saying that we've got plenty of it in the United States, so they might need to send it overseas. And if they send it overseas, then they've got to go through a more complicated process. So it sounds like we're still in the middle of this pandemic, even though folks are saying it is waning down and all of that. But it does sound like it's a lot of things and and moving parts, as they say, and all of that. So we're going to have to find out what's going on and how we can do uh, and make that work for the entire world, and not just the United States or even portions of the United States. Because I understand that we're nowhere near the 50 percent mark as i want to say that there's still maybe around 45 or 46 percent of the population has been vaccinated and there's still a lot of people that are hesitant about the vaccination so it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out including that new government in israel so apparently we have a new government in israel but definitely the variant is still out there and the other thing about the vaccine that i saw that was interesting was that they were talking about um I'm trying to remember what it was. There was something that caught my eyes, and it wasn't about the variant, and it was, oh, the, um, the Supreme Court. You're talking about courts. The Supreme Court has basically upheld the right of a corporation to require their employees to be vaccinated. So I think uh, one of the uh, people had argued that they could not be mandatorily forced to be vaccinated, and the Supreme Court said, no, nope, they actually can't. And they should. So they basically gave them permission to require it at their workplace and all of that. So it was overthrown, I think, earlier today, if not on the weekend. But definitely the Supreme Court came out and was basically like, no, you are the employee. So they do have a right to ask you and to require you to be vaccinated.
0: Hey, I'm
2: not mad at that. Not mad at all, because at some point you know if if we have this issue and it could be uh, mitigated or reduced by being vaccinated go ahead and get vaccinated you know some people will still argue i feel fine and this is you know "Uh, you still might get it after you've gotten vaccinated yeah but i'll take that chance you know i mean i'd rather be vaccinated and feel some Level of um, protection as opposed to just Not being out there, and
3: feel right?
2: No protection, and then you know, what do you do after that?
3: That's a good question. What do you do after that point? You ain't got no protection. Folks are sitting there going like. ain't got no protection. What's going on with this? And then, you know, I just found out recently and I said I was going to mention this to you that one of our festivals is actually going to go on. So, you know, it did not go on last year. It was 100% virtual and all of that. But it does look like this year the Eno Festival will be taking place. So we will be having an Eno River Festival at at one of our local state parks and all of that. So definitely uh, got a call yesterday from the uh, festival director and he wanted to see if I was available to uh be there as an MC and of course it's one of the ones that I love doing, so I did tell him I would be making myself available, but I did ask him, I did say, are we requiring people to have masks and be vaccinated and all of that? And he did say we were taking all of the necessary precautions according to the state governor, including reducing the size because I won't say usually it's tens of thousands, if not like close to 10 to 15 thousand, but definitely tens of thousands of people that come to this festival and all of that, but right now uh, they're going to cap it off, I think at 7,000. So I think they're going to cap it off at 7,000 and uh So it'll be basically like a half crowd And all of that so it'll be interesting To see uh, how this plays out I guess they're selling tickets now and apparently The tickets are I think going well So we're going to have a half Crowd email and there will be a day Of virtual as well so you know, this is the age of hybrid, so we will be having a hybrid event that will be one day of virtual and uh, possibly uh, two days of live, assuming that, you know, a Delta strain or something else crazy doesn't happen in the next week mm-hmm. or two. But right now, the plan is for us to be live and in person, so <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out and how this all goes, but I'm definitely looking forward to an amazing festival. I did not have one. Last year, so it's been two years since I've been out at Dino. But you know, it's usually some good times with some good artists, some good conversations, some good food, and all of that. Even though they did tell me that my usual buffet will be reduced because <laughs> they couldn't get the caterer together uh in time the way that they have in the past, oh, wow. so I will have to settle. I'll have to settle for my non-usual buffet because usually there's a whole buffet out there and I get really grubbed down and everything so I will not get the full buffet I will get a partial buffet <laughs>
2: well hey that's better than no buffet at all that is because true they, they could have actually gone that route and said you know what nah we're not um, we're not even going to bother to offer that right now that's right it so, could have been like we're not offering any food at all we are giving you no buffet yeah, yeah like eat before you get here because uh we may have a couple of food trucks out there, but
3: that's it <laughs> well, yeah that, that, that's no no problem at all
2: no, they could have been like that,
3: but they could've been like that, but they were not that way. they were nice to us and gave us the ability to do that, so' definitely looking forward to uh seeing what happens in that regards and definitely there's so many other things going on i understand that um and we're just gonna give people a heads up about this and of course we talk about some other things that we've heard about but i understand that um you've got a major event coming up so you know we might not be doing this uh next week and everything because i just said you've got a major event coming up and as i put yeah. in an email a friend of mine sent me an email and they stopped we were booking stuff and I gave them some dates, and I even told them, this is, I'm not going to read my exact email that I wrote to them, but it was actually one of the podcasters, and um, and we sometimes get our guests from this service called Pod Guests. And everything I know, you sent me one about another one, but we do get some of our guests from one of those their competitors. But um, and I will check into the one you sent. But they said, can I? They said they could not do today. I think so. I said, well, um, if you can't do today, I can get you on the twenty eighth. I cannot get you on the twenty first because my co-host is having a wedding anniversary, and I'm not trying to have him get killed and me get killed for doing something (laughs) to get him killed. Yeah, man. Look. Don't, 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 look, I would
2: not like to see that situation. It'll be 18 years next Monday. Uh, Dean Geronimo and Dr. Diamond, June 21st, 2003, 3 o'clock p.m. The two became one, and I'm not trying for it to go back to a half. So, you know, (laughs) it'll be 18 years married, um, next Monday so you know it's one of those things where it's not like like wait I gotta do the show from seven to nine she knows that we've been doing it for seven years however we've been married for much longer
3: so we're hitting
2: with a replay next week.
3: Go we'll ahead with the replay next week because, you, know, you know, celebrating those anniversaries <clears throat> is very important. But, you know, today was an interesting day in that regard because you gave me a call about that. And, you know, I have the pleasure of doing another great <clears throat> news event and everything. And that's my buddy Steve Rout, who has not yet, I don't think, been on our show. Maybe he has, but I'm trying to remember. But he's the gentleman that's the Morrisville City Council person and all of that. Now that I think about it, I think he has been on once or twice. But he's the Morrisville City Council person. And he did his um, news brief because we do like a news show from 10 to 11 on uh, Pi TV, formerly IBM TV. But we do it every morning on the weekdays. Uh, 9 until 10, and he sent me an email after we did it today because he did it today because he's on a three-day vacation with his family, his wife, and his kids and everything. So he did do it today and everything between the hours of 10 and 11. And then about the afternoon, shortly after you called, uh, he sent me an email, and he was like, Mark, I need you to take it and maybe do a shortened version, so it might only be a 15 or 30 minute news version tomorrow or Wednesday, because I'm not going to be back on until Thursday, because uh, I'm on vacation. So, I'm thinking that his wife told him that he was on vacation, and that he needed to take a couple of days <laughs> off. So, I've not had this conversation with Steve, but my guess based on other conversations with him, and based on conversations with you and other people I know that have been fortunate and blessed enough to get those things called wives, is that um, after he did the news report this morning, his wife, after they went on the walk on the beach, was probably looking at the beach and probably looking at him going like, if you think you're going to be on that show tomorrow and Wednesday and we out here at the beach, you'd have lost your mind. That's what I've I'm imagined the conversation was. And that's why he sent me an email about a couple of hours after you did saying, uh, Mark, I'm not going to be on because uh, the boss told me I'm not. <laughs> he didn't quite put it that way, but I can read between uh, the lines.
2: <laughs>
3: I hear that.
2: He said, don't, don't ask the extra questions. Something might happen.
3: Exactly. I can read between the lines. So I did not ask any extra questions. I just said, I, I told him I was not expecting to do a full show. So I was, they may get an abbreviated version. But we will see what we can do on Tuesday and Wednesday. And we will have the full version when you come back. Because it is really your show. I'm just the co-host. So, like I said, in that case, I'm just the backup. So I will... Uh, do what I can as your backup, but I do expect you back in place and all of that. So definitely, um, that was just fascinating on that part. So I'm sitting there going, "Like, wait a minute! Um, both of my hosts, or at least two of my hosts, are pulling out because the founders have set down the law."
2: <laughs> hey man, it's not even putting down the law; it's just being smart about this whole situation. And see, oh, I don't blame you. Once you once you learn, you know, people will say. Uh, happy wife happy life nah it, it's happy house happy spouse
1: man and,
2: and you know you take the other person's um, interest and you promote their stuff they promote yours but you also make time for them you know so it's only it's only right it's just one day and then we go back to doing what we do you know what I mean this is the 277th show so you'll get 278
3: on the 28th. <laughs> on the 28th, because 'cause has <laughs> got to do what he's got to do in order to stay sane and happy with his wife, and I cannot blame him for that in the least bit. Speaking of people saying sane and happy, you know, we had some trouble going into um, – a whole conference, and, you know, we didn't have one during the Trump administration that we were part of, but apparently we had a G7 conference, and I still don't know what they accomplished, other than the fact that they didn't accomplish anything except for talking to each other. But I don't know what you saw on the news, but I'm still trying to figure out what they accomplished in terms of climate change, in terms of even this pandemic, and a number of other things, because I saw a bunch of guys sitting around talking, mostly white guys from what I could tell, but they were sitting around talking, and I didn't really see a lot of Answers and things that they gave back to the community But maybe you saw something that I missed So I'd love to get your read On what went on with the uh What do they call it, the D7 conference Because I'm sitting there going like, okay, it's a bunch of white cats Sitting around talking, but I don't know what they're saying Or if they're getting anything actually done I do know that they upset A couple of groups, because I understand that There's a uh the Irish people apparently got mad at the English guys, and they did a couple of things, and there might have been some other people that got upset, like maybe Brexit and a few other entities, and then I also understand that even though it didn't involve the G7, that some of the conservative uh, people in um, the Catholic Church are upset and um President Biden, and they're trying to force the Vatican to issue some sort of of statement about abortion and basically force his hands, because he's already said that he's uh, pro-life, but he's also very much of a uh, raised Roman Catholic, and the first one that we've had in about 60 years but he's like no I'm not Going to change my views and my attitudes Because y'all got an attitude About a certain issue that does not Agree with mine so I think that they were trying to Force his hands by getting the Vatican to force His hand, and the Vatican was basically like No believe it or not we are the Vatican And we do have a, a separation of church And state even here as well so Apparently our, our conservatives U.S. Catholics are trying To force the issue and get the Vatican to Make a radical statement that Basically would not allow Biden and anybody else with choice views to get communion so they're going to hold back communion because of the views so they're going to sit there and be like no no y'all have been bad boys y'all can't have the communion
2: you know what
3: that makes absolutely no sense but
2: stranger things have happened I would like to know what the Vatican is hiding from the world that is what I want to know you know what I mean
3: like you see it and they, they allude to wait, it. Wait a minute. Are you t- people, wait, like that. wait a minute, Wait a minute. Are you trying to say that the Vatican might be where Jimmy Hoffa's body is? Because you know, I was thinking it was over there at the stadium, but then we tore up the stadium and they never found it. So that ruled out of the stadium. So now you're trying to, so now you're thinking that it might be over there in the Vatican.
2: Uh No nah, you, you
3: got to dropped, nah, dropped out of the plane. We never dropped this body either.
2: DB Cooper. <laughs> I think BB Cooper broke his neck somewhere out there in the woods and the animals ate his ass up. That's what I honestly think because, you know, you didn't steal enough to live for the rest of your life. So, at some point, that money had to have dried up. But it actually dried up when he probably fell and broke his neck. Like I said, he's out there and he's done. And you know what? Jimmy Hoffa, he... They probably burnt him up to somewhere up there in the Meadowlands. That's a lot of marshland land up there. So I doubt they would have buried him under the stadium because that's something that, you know, eventually, as we saw, they tore down the old stadium and built one right beside it. So now they say, OK, he's not in there. But did you check that marshland between East Rutherford and New York? it's a lot of wetland up there man so it's possible he could be anywhere up there oh yeah he just magically disappeared one day you know and people don't people don't run away i guess you know some folks are still claim that elvis is still alive they found him dead on the toilet <laughs> um, you know other people were saying that Tupac is still alive and and he got shot up and they did an autopsy on him and I don't know anybody that's
3: going to bounce back from an
2: autopsy, but, you know. Yeah, I don't know anybody that's done
3: that, you know. I haven't really seen anybody that's come back from the dead, even though, you know, we've had a couple people, including even guests on some of our shows that have talked about it. But, you know, until until somebody, and, and you know, I'd probably join them if it happened, because I, you know, I'll, I'll just be blunt, Um If somebody walks by, and I've had a couple of friends, and I've even mentioned some of them because some of them were people that I had a great deal of respect for, but if one of them knocks on the door or comes through here and they look like they are still themselves, I mean, if they look like a spirit, um, that's one thing, you know, like if there's like some voice that I hear or something curious thing Then I might be able to deal with but if they walk through the doors and they actually got footsteps and I know that they gone I'm probably going to be joining them because it's going to be a, a very quick sort of thing happening in my body that's going to probably cause me to join them if I if they walk through after you know and particularly if I've seen evidence that they're gone like you know there's some folks that um, they're like Elvis you know I wasn't there I wasn't even at their Services are everything, so if they walk through the door, I might be able to buy it because I wasn't there and I never saw the, you know, the body or saw the in stage and everything, but there are some folks that I was there, so if they walk through, like if my grandma walks through, I was there, and I remember that, and there's some others even in my life, so if they walk through and they're like, you know, physically talking to me, I'm gonna be sitting there like, okay, I might have to be joining you up in the uh, by and by, as they would say and everything, because I'm not believing what my eyes are seeing.
2: You know what? I'm just gonna take off running,
3: man. I'm out.
2: I don't even want to <laughs> wait to see what they gotta say because I know... And Like I said, if I was there And I saw your body Go in there Well, you know how they close the casket up okay. Lower the body down in there To close the casket up I saw you get buried um, Nah, I'm out of here And then my first question Before I run, though, would be like Alright, so you've been gone Since whatever year Why, why, yeah. why come Why come back now? You know. Yeah, why now? <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm like, listen. Here's my phone. Say the answer into the phone because I'm gone. And I might come back and get it. I need you to post it to social media. I'll give you a quick train because I need to get away from you as fast as I can because something's not right. And either I'm hallucinating or this is real. And if this is real, this is impossible. And if this is impossible... <laughs> You know, maybe nobody else is going to die.
3: But I'm not trying to wait around. But, Dean, hold on a second. Dean, I got to back you up on something that you just said because, you know, we don't often have have these kind of conversations, but you did just make me crack up and laugh here because, Dean, I want you to hear what you just said. You just said you were going to rush. You just said you were going to give them the phone to leave you a message. But you also said, and that's why I started cracking up, that you were going to give them a quick training in how to put the message on Facebook, so I'm sitting there yes. visualizing Gene talking to his um, late father or his late mother, talking about like, uh, well, this is how you do the social media, this is how you put it on the Facebook, but as soon as, we, as, soon as I'm done with the training, uh, I'm out. I'm out. But I, I am giving you the quick training, so that's like, um, I need to call my filmmaker press, because if that ain't a comedy scene, I don't know what it is, because I'm sitting there visualizing, <laughs> like, you know, this book coming and like I said, we, you know, we've had Roddy on the show before, my the filmmaker friend and there's a couple of others in that industry as well that have been on our show. So we're going to have to call them because if that ain't a scene, I don't know what is because I'm sitting there visualizing like a dean-like person training folks in social media before he goes running. So it's like, yeah, yeah I'm out of
2: here, new man. I'm going to show you serious. how to put it up. So, <laughs> you know, because when I go to a computer somewhere, because i report my phone's stolen. So, you know, with the technology now, I got the insurance so I can get another phone and I can actually pull all the stuff off of my phone now and upload it to a new phone. So you can keep that one that hand has been on. You might need that later. Hopefully some service will come on there because the service I got is going to get cut off. But then I got to check, man, to make sure, you know, if you posted it to social media, then you must be somewhere halfway alive or in between life and death but you're not coming for me so I can't go with you you know it's not my time yet and I know they didn't send you to come and get me so I'm out of here
3: I hear you, but well, like I said um, But you must agree with me That this has got to be a great comedy scene So we're going to have to talk to our theater friends And see if they can <laughs> make this happen Because this sounds like a great scene And everything, because I'm even visualizing You know me and the arts I'm even visualizing the scene and everything With our filmmakers and Knight Wonder And his crew doing the music You know, we'll call it something like uh, uh, Ghostly internet love or something like that So, like I said, I'm even visualizing <laughs> Them doing the music for it <laughs>
2: We have music by the Soul Council, man. In fact, the Soul Council has grown by one uh, beat maker by the name of Soundtrack from out of out of California is now part of the Soul Council. Welcome to the squad, man.
3: And that's not the AOC squad. That's the, that's the other squad. Because so
2: you know, nah, that's, that's, that's the squad too. Oh no, Jam is the squad. That's Soul Council the sound. You know, that's that's. That's the squad I'm talking
3: about. Oh, yeah. I knew that's the squad you were talking about, not the AOC squad. Even though the AOC squad is cool, too, but we were not talking about that. We were talking about the Jamla squad and all of that. So, Jasmine may do it. Jasmine, who is a great Neo soul singer definitely done some amazing music. She may be joining me at the Eno, because I did get asked who I would recommend to go there and everything, and I mentioned Jasmine, I mentioned Reese. and believe it or not, it's been years since she's been there, but it's my understanding that Shirley Caesar may be there as well. So I just recently learned that Shirley Caesar will be playing the festival on the 4th of July, and ironically, um... It was her people that called the festival because they called, as my friend Greg said, all I could do was like, um, yes, ma'am, <laughs> yes, ma'am, because apparently she had played the festival before, but it's been years before since she had played the festival, and somehow word got to her management and her management team, and it was something to the effect of. So I understand y'all are having a live email festival. Um, how come nobody's called Miss Caesar And all? Greg could be like, well, that was an oversight on our part. Uh, I understand. Yes, ma'am yes ma'am you'll make sure that
2: you get <laughs> just make sure everything's in place and where it's supposed to be right
3: yeah you know there are certain icons speaking of folks that are iconic and legends there are certain icons that when they call you and they say why haven't we been invited you don't ask any questions you just make it happen like I said and, and that's in all yeah. fields and everything if 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 Bradford calls and he says he ain't been invited somewhere, you know, he's an icon in the jazz. You just go with it. you just like, yes, we'll make sure that you get on. The same with Buddy Guy in the blues. The same with Bootsy Collins and uh, George Clinton in funk. There's there certain folks that if they call you and they realize that they have not been placed on something and they want to be placed on it, you just go ahead and you just say, uh, we understand. We will. We will make it happen. So, like I said, I know that a good friend of mine is always talking about the fact that there has been no funk at the Super Bowl. I would argue with him that all he needs to do is get George Clinton and or and or one of the fathers are funk to call the Super Bowl and basically tell them that. And I think that that problem will be quickly solved because, you know, if a legend calls, you just answer the legend. You don't you don't answer any questions as to why they called you. So like I said, you know, I think that and this is my philosophy, but I think if George Clinton calls the Super Bowl planning committee and like, I wanna play the Super Bowl, I think those people would be like, George Clinton just called us. I think we better make him I think we better make that happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, you better do something, right? Yeah. But that's gift. what
3: I'm thinking. So there's just certain icons. If they call you, you don't argue. you don't argue, you just get it done.
2: Yeah, out of
3: respect. Out of respect. It's about respecting the skill and respecting the what the amazing things that they have done. And they've definitely done some truly amazing things and all of that. So definitely, uh, we're gonna have to find out how that goes and what happens in that regard. And by the way, I understand this, um oh, and uh, I did send a message to another person as well because we do have a young lady from Pennsylvania, Renee Reynolds. So I did send her a uh, note by Patrice Hawthorne, who is one of the peaches and Peaches and Herb. But they're trying to get some of their friends on our show. So we should be getting a uh, Miss Pennsylvania Universe uh, call us in the near future as well as... Uh, Cindy Cooper, who is an uh, artist as well. So she's giving us a bunch of folks that she feels we need to talk to about their musical careers, including Victor Jones. So we might be getting some renowned artists called us in the month of June and July thanks to one of the peaches from Peaches and Herbs. So she's doing her part wow. in getting the word out about things of that nature and trying to let folks know the amazing things that we're doing on this platform and definitely letting them know that they have a place to have their voice heard as well. So definitely keep that in mind and uh, definitely looking forward to some more amazing conversations with the various people that we're reaching out to in all fields and all of that. But, yeah, I'm thinking to myself that the world has turned upside down still, and we still got folks that are not wearing masks and other things. So how are things going Mm -hmm. up there in Jersey? And how is the weather there? Because we're even downright hot down here, like 85 and sometimes feeling like the 90s. So I was just wondering what's the weather like there and everything and exactly what are you doing for that special occasion
2: you know what uh, I'm still trying to figure that out I got seven days well actually I got six now but <laughs> <laughs> we're going to figure out something man Um but to answer the other question it's about 77 degrees up here now it was like 85 earlier but it's also a thunderstorm watch so you know, just waiting for that to come and go, because tomorrow will be here, and we'll be back at work. You know what I mean? So, hey, other that than back that, to work thing, It gets us all the time. Well, I mean, you know, it's a four-day weekend, because Friday, New Jersey officially recognizes Juneteenth as a state oh, holiday cool. now. So, of course, Juneteenth is the next day, June nineteenth, and you know, for those who don't know the history of Juneteenth, I ain't gonna give it to you. Look it up, <laughs> but at the same oh, that's time, hey bro, I, it, it's a teachable moment. Sometimes teaching it requires that you do the research in order for you to fully understand that in which you are seeking the answer to. So yeah, I can't is- give you. Juneteenth, if you didn't grow up knowing what it was or your elders and your ancestors didn't teach you what it was, Google is your friend. So go ahead and, and, you know, in fact, just look it up. You'll find out what it is. But there's now in in the state of New Jersey a state holiday. So we're off Friday. Then Juneteenth is Saturday. Sunday is Father's Day. Right. Sunday's my anniversary. So, you know, we, we got some, uh we got a nice little weekend coming up.
3: You got you know some know holidays I mean? left and right. You're just having a good old time. You know, one of the oh, shows yeah. I did was actually bumming. There was a young gentleman, he's part of the Old Berman team, so I don't think he's called on our show in the past, but he is actually is an ESPN worker. So He's actually been at ESPN for a number of years and all of that. But he was telling me that uh, we were sharing some of the wisdom about how they've been doing some of the announcement from their houses and everything, but he also had the prediction. He's predicting that for the NBA Finals, It's going to be the Phoenix Suns against the Milwaukee Bucks. Not what I wanted to hear because y'all know I'm rooting for the 76ers, but he's thinking that with Kyrie out, that the Bucks will get past. Brooklyn, and then they'll get back Philadelphia, and he's thinking that Phoenix is going to eliminate whoever they got to play next because they just dispatched Denver like Denver was nothing. So he thinks it's going to be Phoenix against Milwaukee, and Phoenix will be your NBA champions this year. But like he said, he did say he has no crystal ball and he has no proof of this, but this is what he's going to tell them. So we're going to see if uh, Mr. Tucker is right or not. But he is predicting that it's going to be Phoenix against the Bucks.
2: Wow. Hey. Well, when was the last time the Bucks went to the NBA
3: Finals? Uh, maybe when Lou Alcindor was there. Wow! Let me look that up.
2: That was before. Now that was before he
3: changed his name. That was. A I want to say it was when Lou Alcindor was there. You notice I did not say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar
2: because he wasn't Kareem at that point.
3: Tonight he was mm-hmm. Lou Alcindor. Right. Right. Let's see. So Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals. I am looking up. A, they
2: won the championship in nineteen seventy one.
3: Nineteen seventy one. That was the last time yep. they were there. They, they they won their first NBA championship on nineteen seventy one by sweeping the Baltimore Bullets. So the Bullets don't even exist anymore. Well, it's the Washington team now, but they don't exist well, as the yeah, Baltimore the, Bullets.
2: The Baltimore Bullets became the Washington Bullets and then they changed the name due to the gun violence that was going on. They changed the name to the Washington Wizards. So, yeah, you're right. Blue Owl Thunder. Wow.
3: That was also the last one. that they
2: Abdul-Jabbar. Yep.
3: You know. They had yeah. two conference titles. So they did have one. They won in 71. They did have a conference title in 74. So they won in 71. They might have been in 74. So I guess you have to go and be there as well. So they had one other trip as well, but they won it in 71, and it looks like they might have gone in 74. But even that was under the Lou Alcinder title because he did not transition to Abdul-Jabbar until 76.
2: Not Well, You sure? Because I'm I'm looking looking this thing up right Okay, this thing right here—it's actually Britannica. dot com says having converted to Islam while at UCLA, Alcindor took the Arabic name Kareem Abdul Jabbar in nineteen seventy one. Okay, so maybe he was
3: Kareem Abdul Jabbar when oh, that happened. Oh. Actually, it happened. And actually,
2: you know, if it, all the people also ask, he, he was born Ferdinand Louis Alcindor. Oh, uh, I
3: Ferdinand.
2: Yeah, Ferdinand is his first name. Lewis is his middle name, and it's, it's, gotcha. he's a junior. He was named after his dad, so um, he was known as Lou Alcindor before changing his name in the fall of nineteen seventy-one. And on April sixteenth, nineteen forty-seven, so he actually <laughs> eight, nine, eight, eight years. My dad was already eight years old. He was born the same day.
3: So, okay. Yeah.
2: He was born the same day as your dad? Yeah, April 16th. Cool. Yeah, April He was the same day? Yeah, man. I'm like, wow. I'm going to tell my dad that. I'm like, hey, man. Do you know you share a birthday with Ferdinand Alcinda He'll be like, who? Who? <laughs> <Carina. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> you're going to bring your dad to him and call him Ferdinand. He's going to be looking at
3: you like, who okay, the heck is a Ferdinand? Yeah, like who? He's like,
2: nah, it's fine. You better get that, get that correct.
3: And then he's gonna be like, "Why are you telling me this? You trying to give me the? You, you trying to give me to break out my my uh, basketball skills?" You'll be like, "Nah,
1: not really." Because you know, um, I'm thinking your
3: dad probably had basketball skills, or was or was tennis sports. Because my dad's sport in college was tennis. He's actually a good tennis player. I think he even had the opportunity to play in a tournament that featured Arthur Ashe when they were part of a uh, like a team called the Aloncoin Club. But definitely, Dad was part of that tennis team, and he used to have a pretty good tennis team uh, game before his back went out and everything. But he still does swimming and boxing and other athletic things. But he definitely had a good tennis game in his youth, and I've even seen pictures of him in the tennis shorts in the whole nine yards. So, definitely, he's had a good game, and Uh, I tried to play a pickup game here and there, but nowhere near as good as my pops was when he was playing and all of that. So definitely uh, it was good to see that he was uh, able to still maintain some sort of athleticism and all of that. And, you know, we just had a major sport that had a new champion. So, you know, uh, Novak uh, Djokovic won a uh, championship and, you know, he even beat uh, the man that seems sometimes to be unbeatable, but I guess he was beatable this time, which is uh, Rafael Federer. So, you know, definitely, even though it's not always that case, um, and apparently he's nearing some records as well. But fact, uh, Djokovic did well and apparently, you know, took the title. And uh, now folks will be paying their attention to the U.S. Opens, which is coming up in the not-too-distant future and everything. So he's supposed to drop in records where he said he won the man final of the French Open in five sets on Sunday beating Stefanos Cetates but it definitely looks like he won that after he had dispatched his arch rival um, and all of that cuz he had um you know he had to defeat Rafael Nadal at uh, Roland Garros was where Nadal's record coming into the match was 105 and 2 but he only lost two games before he lost uh, this weekend and everything So that was only his third loss ever there So that's an imposing statistic You play 108 games and you only lose three And now, and this was only your third loss So like I said before that you could say you only lost two Can you imagine playing 108 games of anything And only losing three games
2: <laughs> That's a bad team right there
3: That is a bad record If you got that kind of single sport That you can just do that and I was disappointed by oh, my yeah. Carolina Hurricanes. They did lose. They did lose, and they did uh, get exited out of the Stanley Cup. So I don't even know who's in it because my boys, because I don't read reason I root is because we got hockey in the Carolinas now. So my boys are out, so i am not even been paying attention. So I have no clue who's in that. But if there are any hockey fans listening and they want to tell us who's in it and whether they're rooting for anybody, we will gladly hear from them if they want to call 646 646- Six six eight eight three nine three. I told Dean that we might just be having an open conversation today. So if anybody's listening and they want to join the conversation, the number is six four six 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 eight eight three nine three. They can even tell Dean what they think about his crazy dream and the fact that he wants to train his ghost relative in how to use the computer before the computer is actually used.
2: No, so not like the computer. <laughs> the phone, so social man, media. like,
3: so, yeah, social you, media, you're not right? going to sit down and um, be near
2: me, hell no, you know, I can <laughs> show you what I need to show you and get the hell away from
3: you, <laughs> you can show that from a distance, you can show that from a distance, you can just come exactly. Facebook from a distance, you know, you have to be in their face to do that one, you can do that one from a distance,
2: no, I, <laughs> can, I can actually walk you through it while I'm walking away, you know what I mean? had to do it man I had to stay away
3: so you can just sit there and walk away while you're actually doing it and all of that so you'd be like what you do is you write the post and then you do this and you do that and the whole time you're saying that you just keep walking away <laughs> yeah man and then Heck yeah. and then you're, you're I can see the thing you the, the the last thing you say is you got that and they say yes and that's when you go burst it out into a dead sprint am I right
2: Oh yeah, out of here!
3: Right, like you said, a dead sprint. As soon as they, as soon as you explain it to them, and they say you got, and then you say you got that, and as soon as they say yes, you're in a dead sprint. And folks are looking at you like, dang, I didn't know Dean could run as fast as you, saying, <laughs> Well,
2: yeah, I'm gonna do something because there's no way I'm staying around to uh, see what's going to happen. You know, that's not for me. <laughs>
3: you are know, <you're> not a cigarette. <laughs> Then I can stick around and just see what's happening. No. So tell me, no, are we sir. actually going? I'm saying this guy might be more headline hardline, but are we actually going to get any peace in um, the Middle East, or are we just giving up on this? Because, like I said, you know they got a new leader, and I'm saying he might even be more hardline, and we ain't had peace in umpteen years. But <laughs> are we finally going to see peace, or is this like a dream that is never going to happen?
2: You know how I feel about that.
3: It ain't going to happen, man. It's not
2: going to happen. It's just going to be more the same. Sometimes you uh, change the player, but the game stays the same. You know what I mean? Wow. Weird.
3: Well, I'm thinking of some interesting stories that you might be interested in. One was apparently 2020 was the deadliest year for gun violence in decades. And guess what? 2021 is becoming worse. So it says Uh the shootings have come at a relentless pace. Gun violence this year has cut through celebrations and funerals, places of work and houses of worship. It's taking lives at a grocery store and in a fast food drive through lane. And most of all it has unfolded in city streets and in family homes away from the cameras and far from the national spotlight. By almost every measure, twenty twenty one has already been a terrible year for gun violence. Many fear it will get worse. Last weekend alone More than 120 people died in shootings, according to the Gun Violence Archive, with three especially dangerous incidents in Austin, Chicago, and Savannah, Georgia, leaving two dead and at least 30 injured. Through the first five months of 2021, gunfire killed more than 8,100 people in the United States, about 54 lives lost per day, according to a Washington Post analysis of data from the Gun Violence Archive, which is a non-profit research organization. That's 14 more deaths per day than the average toll during the same period of the previous six years. This time, the number of casualties along with the overall number of shootings that have killed or injured at least one person exceeds those of the first five months of 2020, which finished as the deadliest year of gun violence in at least two decades. So apparently we got a lot of folks that are getting guns and are just shooting them left and right and all of that. So. Um, and one person who is actually the gun our archive founder said he's scared to death of the summer of the summer. I'll be really honest. He expects this to be a record year. So it sounds like folks are losing their mind with their guns and just shooting folks left and right. So <sighs> I don't know what you think about this, but it seems like we're getting worse with this gun balance.
2: Well, up here is always been like that, man. Like we turn on the news on, uh, At 11 o'clock. And all... Somebody's dying. Almost every night. Wow. And it's it's sad, man. It's just sad.
3: It is sad. Seeing all these lives lost and a lot of times needlessly lost and all of that because, like I said, sometimes they're just caught in crazy crossfire and all of that. Like I said, I heard you talking about the Supreme Court earlier and it looks like, you know, since they were not confirmed uh, Mary Garland. It looks like we've got a sister, but they're going to have to decide whether they want to confirm her or not, and that is Johnny Brown-Jackson. So they actually confirmed her, the Senate did, to uh, replace Mary Garland. So D.C. Circuit nominee Kedijani Brown-Jackson was confirmed to replace Mary Garland. So I think Mary Garland is the one that they're trying to get the position for and everything, but they have confirmed the sister to take that job. So congratulations to her for getting a, job, a further job within law enforcement. So it looks like she's got a job even further within law enforcement and all of that. So we got to give her a big-time shout-out, and hopefully she'll do some great work in that field and all of that. So I'm trying to remember what she is replacing Merritt Garland for. So I'm going to get out of the Washington Post, and we're going to find out what uh, what job she is taking. So Jackson, to the place Merritt Garland. You know, the great thing about internet is that it lets you find out a lot of things, but it also has these lovely things called cookies. And if you're not on the cookie list, then you can't find the answer, so you have to go to a, another site because they try to get you to buy subscriptions and all of that. So as soon as it comes up, they give you half the answer. Oh. And then they'll be like, if you want to know the rest of the answer, you've got to pay money. You're <laughs> like, oh, no, nah, we just go Google it. That's it. And find, a, and find another source. But, yes... uh She is taking a job in the influential Federal Appeals Court in Washington And she is being Elevated because of previously She was a trial court judge And all of that so it looks like she is Going to be that she's confirmed To the uh, Federal Appeals Court So definitely that is a great job For us to have somebody in position of. So it looks like she will be there on that Federal Appeals Court and uh, All of that and speaking of Merrick Garland Apparently he has promised And, boy, that's a big promise. I don't know if that's even doable because I'm curious to see what you guys say about this. But apparently uh, Mary Garland has promised to fix the Justice Department behind closed doors with no help from Congress. So it sounds to me like um, I could be wrong, but if I'm reading between the lines, I'm thinking there's going to be some major cleanups in, in office. So if there are folks in those jobs and they think they're safe, I think the sheriff is coming to town, because it sounds to me like that's a, uh, a opening, uh, what do they call that, an opening volley, basically saying, I am Judge Garland, and if y'all ain't careful, I will convict y'all, so it sounds like Mary Garland is about to go in with guns blazing, and you're going to take some folks out if they are not been doing their job, so as a matter of fact, he exactly said As I stated beyond my confirmation hearing, political or other improper considerations must play no role in any investigation or prosecutorial decisions. These principles that have long been held as sacrosanct by the DOG, Department of Justice, Career Workforce, will be vigorously guarded on my watch, and any failure to live up to them will be met met with strict accountability. So... uh, CNN has reported that career prosecutor Jocelyn Valentine requested and was granted a subpoena for Apple for metadata on 73 phone numbers and 33, member, 33 email uh, addresses associated with Democratic members of Congress, their staffers, and their families. So uh, it looks to me like all kinds of people might be in trouble, including some from both the both sides of the aisle. So it looks like Garland's coming in with uh, guns blazing, and I think those guns might be gained at all kinds of targets,
2: Wow. Well we'll see what happens. Let's see if you can get that done by yourself, man. Right? Nobody's yeah,
3: doing right, okay. anything by
2: themselves except for the last guy in the White House. He single handedly dismantled the whole damn country and he, <laughs> You know, so he he not about the only person I realized can do some damage. Because Yeah,
3: he and apparently family hand is he's yeah, he's saying he's going to put the Justice Department's house in order. But, uh, you know, he's got to make sure how, how he going to put it in order. How is he going to disinfect it? How is he going to get it done? These are all questions that we'll have to find out as he um, puts his teams in place and does his job. But it's going to be interesting to see how things play out and what goes on in that regard. But I'm with you, V.O., Last person that did that kind of disruption did it in a very negative kind of way, and I'm not trying to have the negative disruption. We want positive disruption. We're going to disrupt disrupt positively.
2: <laughs> yeah, but dude, look at all of the stuff that's going to happen for the opposition. You know. Oh
3: yeah. <laughs> so I do have this question to ask you about the um, outer space and everything. We got a space force apparently, which is a new form of military. And it seems like Mr. Bezos is very serious. He wants to go out into space. He wants to take his brother with him. And he wants to take one member of society, who apparently are putting up a whole lot of money to be that one person. Um, first of all, I want to know, Dean, did you put your money into the lottery? And did you try to go into space? Because apparently, we've already said that this was not a one-way trip. But apparently, even if it was a one-way trip, it's not a short a short one-way trip. Because I want to say that Bezos says he's going to go up there and live up there for Ten years, so he says he wants to go up there and live up there for ten years. So that actually gives us the whole time to even expect him to come back. So once he goes up there, we're not even expecting him to return. Till say maybe twenty. Well, if he goes up next year, that would be twenty twenty two, and we're not expecting him back till twenty thirty two. One of the questions I was asking was maybe that's why he's going up there. Maybe he heard something about either um, the Fountain of Youth or the uh, time material and all of that. Because according to my calculations. Jeff Bezos, I mean, he's not as old as I am, and I know I'm in my late 50s, but he's still not exactly a spring chicken, so he's probably 40, so, or mid-40. So if he's like 44 or 45, and he's going up there, and he's going to spend 10 years up there, by the time he comes down, he's going to be 55. So like I said, I think Jeff Bezos may be going up there to try to find the fountain of youth and see if he can find that fountain so he can stay young forever. But that's just my theory as to what he's got going on in that regard, because I just looked up his birthday. No, I'm sorry. He's already old. He's already 58, so he would not be coming down till he's 68, because I just looked him up, and it says that Jeffrey Preston Bezos is an American business magnate, media proprietor, and investor. He's the founder and CEO of the multinational technology company Amazon, and he was born January 12, 1964, so that makes him 57 years old. So if he goes up next year, he'll be 58, so he will not be coming back till. 68. And that actually, oh, wait a minute. No, that's Bezos. I think it's Musk that I'm thinking about that's actually going with his brother. So Bezos, I don't think is that crazy. Bezos is going to stay down here on Earth and everything. I think it's Elon Musk is the one that's trying to go on this space trip and everything. But, you know, Bezos probably is just as crazy and he might try to do something almost as insane. But I do that he's got a spouse. Yeah, well, he had a spouse. He's got a partner. So, you know, Wikipedia tells everything. So he had a spouse that he was married to until so 2019. Now he's got a partner, but they're not married. So, But like I said, I know that the one that was going <laughs> was planning to go with his brother. So maybe Elon Musk does not have a spouse. So let's see how old Elon Musk is. And he might be a little bit younger. So Elon Musk in Wikipedia. Well, I'm think he's that much younger. So, let's see what they've got to say about Elon Musk. Yes, he's 49. So, if he's going up, then next year he will be 50, which means that he will be 60 when he comes down. So, yes, I think I personally think Elon Musk is trying to find the um, the fountain of youth. Mm, mm, mm.
2: Go on, oh, and Elon
3: Musk. <laughs> I ain't going. So just. just just have him stay oh, up there. Man. Just live up there.
2: Just well, he's always
3: done something crazy. Well, and, and he's disparaging my sign. I'm really getting upset now because he is a fellow cancer. He's disparaging my sign. Because his mm-hmm. birthday is actually coming up. You know, oh, guess what? We have to send a birthday gift when you come back from your anniversary. Because apparently his birthday is on the same day as our next show. <laughs> wow. His birthday is June 28, 1971, so he will turn exactly 50 on the day of our show. You know you, you know me, <laughs> Dean. Now, you know me, Dean, and you've learned by now, I'm crazy enough to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to send an email to Elon Musk. I doubt he's going to respond, because we do have other guests scheduled. But I am going to send an uh, email to Elon Musk asking him would he like to come on Straight Talk with Dean and Mark on his birthday Since he's over there in South Africa And our next episode is going to be on the 28th I might even send it to some of his family members In case he doesn't want to come Because he's got a family member Most of them have normal names Like, you know, Kai and Damien And Xavier and Griffin But he's got a son or something It looks like the name is a bunch of computer keys Because it's got X-A-E-A-X And what looks like double I So I'm pretty sure that that's like some computer symbol or something like that. I don't even know how you pronounce that. Much less
2: I was the getting ready to say that It's gonna get it in school. <laughs> you know what? Hey y'all, just say no man. That's what bad drugs do to yourself. So. Yeah,
0: you know, but <laughs> I mean, no,
2: honestly, seriously though, um you know, people are unique man and they'll make up a name with a whole bunch of letters and tell you it means this, it says this and the only thing you could do yeah. is is go with it and hope that you, all you don't can do get is
3: go, All you can do is go with it. Apparently, the kid that he had this thing by, I mean, the kid that he had he is one years old and everything. And we're going to try and experiment right now because, you know, we're having fun on our show and this is just on one of the roundtable ones. So we're going to try and experiment. I don't know whether this is going to work or not work because I don't know how good my phone speaker is. And everything, but we're going to try and experiment because apparently on YouTube um, he put out a YouTube that explains how to pronounce his youngest son's name. So I've actually took the phone off the charger so I can put it closer to everything, and we're going to see if we can actually hear Elon Musk explaining how to pronounce this son's name. So I'm going to pull up the YouTube, and we're going to see if we can actually hear what he's got to say, because he's going to try to explain to us how to pronounce the name. Yep, that was that was part of it. Let's see if I can get it to actually go. Oh, tell on a second. I think that was the wrong one. All right, yeah, that's a, that's the a way wrong one. we got to go back to the other one, because we were getting ready to find out how to pronounce the name. All right, guys, we've been talking about Elon Musk and Brian Newby's boy all week, and we officially
4: have a pronunciation from Elon Musk himself. On Thursday's episode of the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, Musk explained that it was Grimes who mostly came up with the unique name, and here's exactly how to pronounce it. Take a listen. I mean, it's just X, letter X. Um...
5: My
6: oh, why uh, twelve, the closed? the special it's closed. There you have it. A 12 That's a ring to it, right, Jeremy? Welcome to Boy on
3: May The is That is no way how I would pronounce it, but you heard it there from Elon Musk himself. Apparently, it is pronounced X A S extra a12 or something like that but so we did hear it live and on the air from youtube how he pronounces it himself so apparently Man, we got it what, what's the old expression we got it from the horse's mouth we got it directly me, wait, from the what, horse's mouth what in the hell
2: is the hell in the hail in the hail is that i'm just asking
3: <laughs> and, and how do you the child is one years old right now 25 so years and I know that they go to private school, but even in private school, they will rag the hell out of you and everything. And I did go to a Jesuit private college. So even though I did not have the private school experience all my elementary school, I did have a couple of years or a year and a half of homeschooling, and the rest of it was all in public schools, I went to a private university. So I heard about the experience of private schools from friends of mine, and I know that they rag just like anybody else does. So and can you imagine in five years how you even going to explain that to uh anybody your pronunciation of your name <laughs> i think at that point you're just gonna be like i i, I think that he's gonna do like some other famous folks have done and he's just gonna go by his last name my name is musk he's not, he's uh, not even gonna got it
2: <laughs> i don't know just call me x you know what i mean like
3: yeah just call me x yeah
2: what is this for? i don't know my parents was on that bullshit when they were giving our names yeah. and i can't pronounce it they keep trying to tell me is all of this other stuff, but I'm gonna just go ahead and say, call me X. Just call me X. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, these folks when they get this and everything. Oh, and coming back to, because um, I was right. I mean, I did know that Elon was trying to go up into space and everything, but apparently. I've got to come back to Jeff Bezos, and I did want to get um, to uh, Elon Musk with the crazy name. And both of them are trying to go to space. So I was correct in saying that earlier, so I was not totally incorrect. But um, Jeff Bezos is definitely putting some money into going into space. And he is another one that apparently has lost his mind with all the money that he's got as well, because Jeff Bezos Rocket Company... Blue Origin this weekend auctioned off a spot on the first manned space flight So, the, and this is what I was hearing earlier so I believe that this was actually this weekend that this happened and everything so they auctioned off a spot for a the first manned space flight and for a measly, because I know you got this in your house, I know that's part of the reason you're going to go on the anniversary next week because I know you got this in your house like with no problems but for a measly $28 million, the Big Spender will have the distinct pleasure of blasting off this planet with his sometimes richest human, Bezos' brother, and a fourth unnamed astronaut. So, I was correct in what I said earlier about Bezos and a brother. So, it is not uh, Elon Musk, but it is Bezos that is going up into the space with his brother, this other person that Bay, $28 million, and a fourth unnamed astronaut. So, there is definitely some things going on in there and everything. So... Uh, the outgoing Amazon CEO Has definitely said that he is Headed to space and um, They apparently I want to say that this is like one quick trip So there's $28 million For apparently an 11 minute trip So you're not even going on the long trip Like we're going to go up there and stay for a while But somebody is going to pay $28 million to spend 11 minutes up in space With Bezos So $28 million this has been 11 minutes up in space with uh, Bezos and everything. And I just know, I, I can already see that you're rushing right there, deep. I can already see that you are rushing to that private bank that you keep in that um, sofa <laughs> of yours, in that couch of yours. You must be talking about 28, 28 million, million.
2: You must be talking about 28 million lint balls because uh, dollar bills and <laughs> shit, I wish. I know what I would do something better with twenty eight million dollars if I had it than to try to go somewhere where, you know, it's uninhabitable. So I wonder if they believe they're going to reenact that movie The Martian and go out there and grow trees and find water and all of that stuff. But sorry, hope y'all left but y'all I've, stuff in water. But,
3: I, but you're not following me, Dean. I just said that they're not even going to space. They just said the auction winner paid $28 million for an 11-minute ride. So they're going to pay this amount of money just to be in the, uh, on the machine or on the uh, rocket for an 11-minute ride. They're not even going up to the Mars or anything else. It's literally an 11-minute ride
1: mm-hmm.
3: on a reusable rocket launched by his space company. And just to let you know, you know, what it was, a B.D. Barnum that is a second born every month? Apparently, nearly 7,600 people from 159 countries registered to bid on the flight aboard the New Shepard. It's first with passengers, which is expected to launch next month on July 20th from West Texas. In addition to the winning bidder who was not identified and Mr. Bezos, passengers will include Mr. Bezos' brother, Mark Beto's, and a fourth still unnamed Astronaut. The auction winner's name will be released in roughly two weeks, so they're going to tell us who won this thing in two weeks. So, the person's trip, along with a bunch of other people, twenty-eight million dollars. But the winner was also paid a six percent buyer's commission, bringing the total cost to nearly thirty million. So, not only did you buy the winning ticket, but you also got to pay a buyer's commission. So, you're really paying thirty million dollars. And the month-long auction took place in three phases. The first with online bidding where bids were invisible, visible, <laughs> which ended on May 19th at $1.4 million. When the online bidding became visible, the ticket reached $4.8 a price at which live online bidding began, and the proceeds from the winning ticket will be donated to Blue Origin Foundation Club for the Future, a science and education charity that aims to inspire future generations to pursue careers in science, technology, and math and share an interest in space exploration." So at least they're going to have it go for something at least semi-decent and everything. But the Blue Origin rocket is named after Alan Shepard, the first American to go to space in 1961. And the vehicle has undergone 15 test flights, none with passengers. New Shepard is designed to take six people on short, suborbital flights, rising above the 62-mile altitude generally required at the edge of space, but then immediately coming back down instead of accelerating to have the high veloc- velocities needed to enter orbit. Passengers will arrive in advance of the law for training. According to the video, the passenger capsule sits at the top of the booster. They separated at an altitude of about 250,000, but they continue their ascent. At roughly 350,000 feet, about 10 times higher than the normal commercial jet flight, passengers will be allowed to unbuckle for three minutes of weightlessness. After that, they'll be asked to buckle up, and their descent will be guided by three parachutes, according to the video. So I want to get this right If I'm hearing what I'm hearing So basically, correct me if I'm wrong And you know, we're on Blog Talk Radio, and everybody's listening Y'all want to correct me We These people are paying $28 million And after the extra just Extra tax $30 million for a glorified And yes, that's what I'm going to call it A glorified amusement park ride Because this sounds like an amusement park ride You're literally going up You're having three minutes of waiting to just and you're coming down. So you just paid $30 million for a glorified amusement ride. That's what it sounds like to me. What is your take on it? <laughs>
2: hmm. Somebody is wasting money. They could actually <laughs> give us that money in 11 minutes. Man, you ain't even going to hit the clouds, Jack. So you uh, mean uh, to tell minutes, me you're going to fly it. under the clouds, parachute your way back down, and then tell the lie?
3: Oh man. and all of that just for that live and three minutes of weightlessness like I said that sounds like a glorified amusement park ride division
1: oh,
3: <laughs> but you know some people what, what, what do they say a fool in his money soon part way. Well,
2: soon part yes it will I mean dang man just help pay off my debt shit <laughs> <laughs> you got it to go eleven minutes up in the air.
3: Mm. Eleven minutes up in the air,
2: just straight up in the air.
3: Just straight up in the air. You're not even you're not even cracking space orbit. You're gonna go right. I mean, you are going above the where the planes go, but you are not going fully into space, and you really coming right back down. The the only thing you get out of this is three minutes of weightlessness. Do you know how fast three minutes oh, go by? Hell. I mean, we've dumb. had several three-minute segments just through to the course of this show. So, like I said, you know how fast three minutes go by? So, good grief. Mm-hmm. You are three minutes of waitlessness, and you just saved 30, uh, $30 million for three minutes of waitlessness. Dumb, dumb, and dumb. And dumber.
2: Just dumb. Super dumb.
3: I'm like, what the heck were they thinking? And you know what's going to happen, because I, I hate to say this, but you know... When the person is released, it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be a Bezos. It's not going to be a, uh, a Mark Cuban. It's not going to be um, one of these you know super rich people. It's not going to be what's my guy that owns the uh, Philadelphia a bomber that owns the Clippers. It's not going to be Steve Bomber. At the end of the day, it's going to be like a lottery ticket. We're going to find out that this is somebody that. Um, had like a windfall amount of money, came up with a windfall, and really cannot afford to lose 28 million. So my, my vision is whoever won this ticket is going to be like some young kid that got 33 million and just decided to spend 30 million of it, basically getting rid of the majority of his wealth, and it'd be in the courthouse within a year or two after he goes on this. Three-minute joyride. So, like I said, if we go find out that this is somebody, and I hope I'm wrong but it. Sounds to me like we to find out that this is somebody they cannot really afford to lose that money and everything, even though they may have it in their bank, but they don't have a lot of cushion underneath that. Is what I think we're gonna find out. You know, they got like it sounds like a lot. You know, you got 32 million, but if you make 30 million disappear, I'm sure that 2 million can disappear just as fast because apparently you're not a good spender and you're not wise with your money. So I'm thinking we're gonna find out that somebody that. Has got the money, doesn't know what to do with the money, and is about to lose all the money.
2: (laughs) Hell, send it to us. Square807 at gmail.com. You can send it whichever way you want.
3: Yeah, we do not care. As a matter of fact, they can send it to, definitely send it to, um, Dean, you can send it over here to bluesradio at gmail dot com. Um, do you know how major a news network and podcast network we can have with just we don't even want the full amount. If they just want to drop maybe uh half of uh, the one million. So if they want to drop five hundred thousand to us, we will not argue. So like I said, just give us a discount and drop about five hundred thousand of that. 30 million that you're dropping to go up in space and I'm sure that we can do some things. I know that as a matter of fact, if y'all want to add a couple of million and drop maybe, I'm thinking 2 million to me and 2 million to Dean that we can do a lot of good, not just for the <coughs> podcast and everything, but I'm thinking between New Jersey, um, Virginia, Warrington, and Durham, North Carolina, we can even help all four of those communities with some amazing uh, activities, maybe would help some people to at least begin some businesses and everything along those lines. So if y'all got that kind of money and y'all just want to Drop it to us. We will have no problem at all. matter of fact, speaking of dropping everything, I did that amazing event. I did tell you I was going to talk about it a little bit, but we did the Black Business Expo Olympics, or what Eric calls the Black Business Olympics, and he had some amazing speakers, including some speakers that did some unusual things. There was a speaker that her whole routine is um, that she's kind of like very active, and she used to be, I think, a cheerleader, so she uses pom-poms to motivate people, and she actually had pom-poms on the screen as she was motivating people, and I might be trying to get her on the air with us in the not too distant future And there was also a gentleman that teaches business lessons, and you know what popular book he teaches the business lessons with Dean, because you will be quite amazed when I tell you <coughs> what popular children's book he uses to teach business lessons from, because when I heard it, I was sitting there going like, whoa, that is not what I am expecting from somebody and everything, But he teaches some very powerful business lessons using a classic children's book. And I was wondering if you can guess what that book is before I reveal it to our audience, the classic lessons that he taught and how he taught them using a classic children's book. Damn. Wow. Can you guess which book it was, uh, Dean?
2: No, I have no clue. Which one was it?
3: He was using the business he was teaching business strategy and classic business techniques by using the classic book Green Acres Green Eggs and Ham.
1: <laughs>
2: Green eggs and ham.
3: Green Eggs and wow. Ham is how he was teaching business lessons. And he was teaching business lessons using Green Eggs and Ham. Apparently, he'd written an Amazon book about the same subject and everything. But, yes, he taught these classic lessons using Green Eggs and Ham.
2: Mm, mm, mm.
3: Well, hopefully it makes sense. It did make sense. Ironically, it made a lot of sense. I was sitting there going like, I don't believe it makes sense, but it ironically made a lot of sense, and he actually made it make even more sense than you would expect. But, yes, he taught classic business techniques using the, the uh, lessons of green eggs and ham, and you would have been shocked sitting there going like, I cannot believe that this is actually making sense. But he made it make perfectly good sense not even just sense but perfectly good sense so you're sitting there going like that's not possible that's how do you make green eggs and ham make sense but he did manage to do that using that classic story and all of that so he used it using green eggs and ham and made it make 100% total sense and to this day I'm still trying to figure out how he did it but he did make it and it worked quite well where he used green eggs and ham and it was just very effective and people were quite pleased by being able to hear about the green eggs and ham and how that was what he used to get the word out there, but yes, I was shocked as I was hearing it, but I was going like, did you just do it? I think you did. You did a lesson using green eggs and ham, but like I said, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, but he did make it work, so like I said, I was sitting there going like, I do not believe he just did that, but he did it, and it was quite effective, so I was totally shocked and quite pleasantly shocked. But the expo went well. Apparently tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people were watching from around the nation and all of that. So it was glad having these amazing folks share their stories and all of that. So it was definitely great checking out what they had to say and what they had going on. So I do know that they had that happening uh, not that long ago, and it was just truly amazing learning all of these great uh, lessons that folks were given and all of that so that was powerful and a lot of folks were quite pleased at some of the lessons that were learned and all of that but definitely I was shocked when they wanted to learn the lessons from green eggs and ham but you know sometimes things shock you and you sitting there going like that's not going to happen but they managed to pull it off and it did happen and folks were pleasantly surprised that you could learn those kind of lessons from that classic story, so <laughs> I'm sure the mm-hmm. people are going like, I do not believe that they just did the Green Eggs and Ham, and it actually made sense. Wow!
2: Hey, there's a lot of creativity going on, you know.
3: No, people are yeah, people are doing creative things all the time, and we need to celebrate our creative folks that are doing some of truly amazing. Creativity, You know, you hear the negative aspects of what's going on in the world. But like you said, there's a lot of powerful creativity that's out there as well. So that creativity needs to be celebrated on a regular basis. And too often we dismiss people even though they've got some powerful and great creativity. And we need to be celebrating that creativity and not uh, belittling it. Because there some very powerful people that are giving some great creative lessons. And all of that. But sometimes we want to give people the uh, negative aspect of what's going on. And we don't want to think about the positive aspects of what they're sharing with us and all of that. So I agree that we need to give people the lessons and all of that and everything. But just, you know, because of a little bit of time, cause that's what we're doing. I want to let y'all hear a little bit. All of us drive, um, Hold
1: on all
3: a second. Drive, uh, I think I've even got a little bit of green eggs and ham. Mr. Charles Johnson, I believe was his name, was sharing and everything. Hold
1: uh,
5: guy named Dr. Seuss. If you he haven't heard of Dr. Seuss, he really been
3: living under a rock. I don't know. Hold on a second. Let's see, what, let's see what Charles has to say about Dr. Seuss and how he learned these lessons from Dr. Seuss. So if I can pull this off and everything, get past all the ads, because we did have ads this time around. But let's see what Charles has to say about Dr. Seuss. So get my phone closer to the computer and hear what Charles Johnson has to say about Dr. Seuss.
5: our congregation, for still lighting, pastor <laughs> that lost it is teaching a thousand book on a Sunday morning. Uh, that book, I mean, that message turned into a book called I Am Sam and He Said from Green A's and Ham. And you can find that on, on Amazon. Put in that title I Am Sam Can Said from Green A's and Ham and it should come right up on, on Amazon. Um, but I want to talk to you about some of the really dynamic issues that this book brings up, and my focus today is discovering to your own green egg and ham, green egg and ham effect. Okay. What's going to do PowerPoint and all that kind of stuff is great, but I wanted to actually speak the book to you. So while you're sitting there, you may be writing and taking notes. As I talk, to some things that are going to come to mind. I want to encourage you to actually write those things down, because that's going to be the impetus for some of your ideas, your marketing, your advertising. Uh, ministry be it a, uh, a book that comes to your mind so I ask you take the time to get a pad and pencil and write down some of these notes as I am talking. The book opens. The book actually opens and I'll do my best to kind of show you some of the pages while we're going through it. When I was in kindergarten we had reading time. They had little kids sitting around and reading books. <laughs> so I kind of feel like what I'm doing for you today. But it comes around Sam comes around the corner, and, and not most people really see if it shows up uh, backwards or not. But you see Sam coming around the corner, and Sam has a sign, and the sign says, "I am Sam." Now you can tell already come around the corner, like he's already had a conversation with someone. And He's coming around the corner, riding with strange-looking little dog horse thing, and he's happy, and he's saying, "I am Sam." He is announcing to the world. He's who he is. He's not trying to be somebody else. He's not trying to um, uh, present himself as something that he's not. He's saying, "I am." Same. For the first places you're gonna find the greatest success is when you realize who you are. If you're gonna write down a note, you can start here. That authenticity is key. Authenticity is key. I am the best Charles my adoption there is on the planet. Nobody can an award being I can wake up and just be me. I am the best me that there is. But I want to encourage you to be the best you that you are, especially in an environment where we have all these social media platforms. You can present yourself however you want to present yourself. You can can present yourself as someone else if you want to on social media. But what I'm asking you to do is to be the most authentic you that you can be. We don't need another carbon copy. Now, uh, granted, everybody's not going to like you that you are. We'll get into the we'll the story. Everybody's not going to like you that you are. And that's fine because, you know, everybody doesn't like McDonald's. Everybody doesn't like Burger King. Everybody doesn't like, you know, like uh, a Pizza Hut. And that's
3: fine. But Pizza Hut's not changing to make sure that you like them. They know that there's an audience in it that likes them, and so they are content. So, like I said, you can get lessons from anything, even Dr. Seuss. <laughs>
2: Trying to take my thing off a of mute, man, because I was trying to listen to the whole thing. But uh, you, you yeah, can, get, say, you see, can you, get a and,
3: lesson, and, there's, and there's more of it. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, and definitely we air the rest of it on our network. Well, I'll get excerpts of it but um, and put it on parts of our network cause I may air parts of these on some of my other shows and everything It was a special done for <laughs> Dr. Eric Kelly. But, you know, his whole point is that a lot of the lessons are being proud of yourself, not trying to be, be the authentic you, and definitely not trying to um, imitate others and all of that. So the very valuable lessons that you can learn from that very basic child children's book, including the lesson of authenticity. So like I said, mm-hmm. this uh it's a brother and a pastor and he breaks breaks it down, using up all things that classic Dr. Seuss book, Green Eggs and Ham.
2: <laughs> wow. Wow, man. One of the least likeliest places you think you'll find
3: something like that, right? Exactly. But apparently he was digging up old books and everything, found an old childhood book, and re-examined it as an adult and was like, wow, there are life lessons I can learn from this. (laughs) Pass this on to other people. Interesting. The least likely places that you would expect to learn these kind of things and everything. So uh, I guess that answers me a question to you, Dean. Where do you think some of the most important lessons you learned were? I know that I learned some lessons from my dad, my grandma, and other folks that I try to live by and everything, but who are some of the folks, or maybe some of the books, because I definitely definitely remember Green Eggs and Ham. I don't remember learning a lot of life lessons from it, but I do remember liking it. But I do remember learning some life lessons from Curious George. I'm not going to lie. There was a book that I got that I did learn life lessons from, like Curious George and, like, um, what's the one with the uh, rapid, the briar patch. Um, the uh, one with the rabbit and Brer Rabbit I do learn some lessons from Brer Rabbit so what are some places at some people that you might have learned life lessons from
2: I don't know man I, I look at my, my mom my dad all of my aunts and uncles those older cousins we had um, you know all of the teachers my mother was a teacher so you know all of her uh, co-workers and the whole you know, I, growing up in in Virginia, man, it was like the village was there for us. It, oh yeah. So you learn something from a whole bunch of different places. You know, sometimes it might have been, you know, something from one of the Fat Albert uh, cartoons mm-hmm. back in the days that you learned something from. You know, the Electric Company, Reading Rainbow. Um, oh yeah. Back when Morgan Freeman was Easy Reader, you know so. Oh, yeah those those little things like that and then every summer after 1977 no matter what you were doing outside when roots came on you had to come in the house and watch it you know and it's like uh oh you know damn it it's summertime they're gonna play roots watch it be a nice day sure enough the sun's out it's a nice summer day and what are you here Mm -hmm. All right, y'all, come on in. Roots is about to come on. Like, dang. All right, but it made us into you know see where we are, and I and, and, like I said, I'm lucky, man, because that village was there for us. You did something wrong. You not only had to worry about your parents, but you had to worry about any older adult that saw you act outside of character or outside of yourself. You know and. They kept us straight, man, so you know, thank God for for them and then being able to pass the baton to us. So now it's our job to get the next generation. Because we're well, gonna have to pass that, that next baton. Generation. You know, and and, it, and there's no, no, no room for the baton just to be laid down somewhere, so you know and it's even harder now because in the age of social media and you know everything's on TV now and there's just a lot more uh, we have to be a lot more diligent
1: in teaching
2: you know customs traditions ways of life a lot of people you know look at social media and they have arguments about whether um, what they call they would say beatings I say is old school discipline and you know, without it, you got a whole generation of folks that thought they were friends with their parents and got a little free-spirited with it. And now they have to play catch-up or make-up, depending on what they did. So, you know. And speaking
3: of, speaking of uh, make-up or everything, I was watching some videos and everything. I'm having fun with this today since we don't have our regular guests. But I was watching some videos, and it was a gentleman. I wanted say it might have been in Georgia and they were competing. They were competing for comedy. We talked about the generations and all of that. They were competing for the title, but it was the father and the son competing against each other. I'm going to let folks check a little bit about this as well because this is truly hilarious. I was watching it last week because it was a busy week with the expo and I needed some laughter in my life. So I think that our audience will enjoy this as well. So You might want to put this on mute because this might last for a few minutes, kind of like our musical bits. But I think that you will be dying chocolate particularly when the kid comes up and competes and we hear some of the American Idol people even calling them out and everything but definitely this was a hilarious thing that was going on where a kid goes up against his dad his dad might be in his 40s (laughs) let's see if I can get to the video and everything I'm Richard, I'm Gerald Kelly, I'm 53 years old, I'm from Atlanta,
4: Georgia and I'm a comedian I've been doing stand-up comedy for 30 years but I have still not gotten to where I want to be now, being a father, I want to continue to
6: teach my children and never give up on your dreams. And my biggest fan is my seven-year-old son Hunter. But tonight on AET, my competition. My name is Little Hunter Kelly. I'm seven years old. And I'm a comedian. I'm gonna do a better job than him and I'm gonna win. This. I love my dad, but sometimes my dad Oh, baby. y'all yeah, forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: so <he's> it. <laughs> when it comes down to competing against my son, there's no
6: competition. You're am a veteran. My step was ready before you got born. I'm going to win it when that time Because I'm cute. That's simple. And I do have better jokes than...
1: How
4: you feel about going on stage? Kind
6: of nervous. Yeah,
4: first watching. Don't be nervous. You, you practice all your life for this. All seven years. <laughs> Hunter, I love you, but tonight is personal. All right, let's make it happen. <coughs> Daddy first. Daddy's all I'm a teacher. Respect your elders. Good evening. How are you doing? How are you? What is your name? I'm oh, going Kelly. What are you going to do? All right.
5: Uh, I'm a comedian. Have you been
4: working
6: during
4: the pandemic? Well, during the pandemic, I started doing stand-up comedy in my backyard. Wow. We got people in the neighborhood that were my audience. I charged a little fee. Love that. You know what I'm saying? Social distancing. Yep. Maybe a couple dollars to keep the lights on. I got kids, man. I got to take care of my children, man. That's good
6: for you. Okay.
4: Now, certain things about being a parent I don't like. Like, I'm not the homework dad. You ever get your child's homework and just stare at it and make faces because you don't know it? <sighs> this so bad. No, 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 they didn't have this when I was a and really good state presence. If I have any criticism, it's I didn't love the material as much as I love you. Thank you, I appreciate you. Thanks, how
5: uh-huh. yeah, I like the material. Okay. I love the material. Well it's also because I guess I have two boys, and two girls, so I know exactly what you're talking about. You are lovable and I actually like what okay.
1: uh-huh.
4: you see. Know, it does it look well that you
1: didn't have that
4: kind of dynamic head. However, I actually was laughing, and I think, you know, this is what the show is all about, giving someone a break. I think the audience at home are going to really like you. Yeah.
6: I think you're adorable. I think you can do this, and I'm going to be rooting for you. So I'm going to give you a yes.
4: Alex. Yeah. Yes, yes.
6: I, I like you. I'm going
1: to give you a yes. The
5: same. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Very likable. Boss is very nervous. When you're nervous, and you're on television or when you're in a runway, I'm still up, nervous. You know, I still get nervous. And you're able to plow through it.
4: I feel like it's part of it. Is it your time now? Are you ready? Yes. All right, go make it happen, little hunter.
1: Make it happen.
6: now I <laughs> you. I just don't want you guys to forget my name. You'll never forget your name. my favorite comedian. I guess you're wondering who is my favorite comedian.
3: a little bit of that comic relief and everything. So, uh, you still with me?
2: Yeah, I'm still with you. My man got a little confidence (laughs) to be seven years old,
3: huh? He got some confidence to be seven years old and all that. And like I said, his dad was hilarious, but homeboy got a lot of confidence. I'm wondering if you had any kids or grandkids that were like that, that had that kind of confidence doesn't come out there and rocket, and if there were any life lessons you learned from your kids. I know I sometimes learn just life lessons from my nephews when I get the pleasure of seeing them. But I was wondering if there were any life lessons you learned in your life.
2: Patience. Patience. And i, I say that because, boy, there's been some times where, you know, you just wanted to just go at them. But then you got to remember they are but so old, and they don't know how this world works yet. So you got to show them. You know, you can't just expect, have an expectation without a demonstration. So if you don't show them what you, you know, what you mean, they won't know how, what, what to do. So you got to teach them. And you got to take the time because everybody doesn't catch on at the same rate just because you caught on to it early. I mean your kids yeah. will or your kids may yeah. catch on faster than you did. You know, but at the same time you need to just have some type of patience and be able to and speaking to of
1: patience,
3: you know. Yeah, no, go ahead.
1: No, okay.
3: Yeah. And speaking of patience and as we get ready to wrap down, we only got a few more minutes, I just recently learned that one of our allies, one of our good friends, he's uh facing a battle with his uh, element. I think it's one of either lymphoma or uh, leukemia, but definitely has a very positive attitude about it, but as one that's got a lifelong um, element in your own uh, life and everything. What kind of advice would you give to folks that are finding out that they have to deal with this and everything? Because I know that Tim has definitely been on some of our shows and our prayers definitely go out to him, and I know he's wanting people to donate to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and all of that. And, but what kind of advice would you give to folks that, um, and it may even be recurrent. They may have had it in the past, and it may have come back. But what kind of advice would you give to folks that are facing these kind of dilemmas, whatever they may be in that chronic space? Because I know that you've had uh, Crohn's and that's a chronic disease as well.
2: Um, I'm also diabetic. So, you Good know, gotcha. I got be too stubborn to give up.
0: Yeah. And,
2: you know, sometimes we wonder why me. Sometimes you think if it's something that you did that was wrong or if it's something you could have done better, which would have had a different outcome. But it has been said that the hardest tests are given to the strongest soldiers. So we don't necessarily understand the why part of it, but we do all that we can to, you know, um, stay as healthy as we can. Listen to the instructions of our, Uh, caregivers, and and, uh, try to do what's best to keep us around just a little longer,
3: man. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and that's kind of what people are trying to tell uh, Tim. And actually, I know he was on Nancy's show, who's been on different things that we've been involved with. As well, and also letting folks know that sometimes we don't even understand our own greatness and everything. That's one of the things that uh, one of the sponsors for the Black Business Expo was talking about because they were having this. Um, one of our running sponsors was a group called. Uh, The Genius is Common, which is basically about this whole idea that we all have genius in us, and it may not be the super smart genius, but we all have a talent, and we need to honor that talent and all of that, because he's got a whole movement, a whole YouTube movement, the guy Bruce George does, and he's got all kinds of people on there from all over the country, and I would argue probably all over the world, because I know he's got, I think, one of the ladies from Black Lives Matter, one of the organizers of that, that gives testimony, Antonio Fargus gives testimony, Bill Duke gives testimony, Nikki Giovanni. a cook as a chef, and I forget where he was out of, but he was actually at a picnic that he was given when he was given his testimony about his genius, and there was a scientist who was a founder of, like, an interactive science group, and then there were uh, even, like, entire schools. Like, you'll be glad to know that um, Tennessee State was there, but I want to say that even though it wasn't your alma mater, Hampton did a whole presentation about genius and how the geniuses that have come out of their um institution and some of the geniuses that will be coming out of the institution because a bunch of students talked about things that they're doing and that they are aspiring to do including being like TV anchors and um, scientists and a number of other things. So I do agree with Bruce Joyce that genius is common, and we need to make that a kind of running thing. I know that he's been hoping that it will take off kind of like that Nike slogan, just do it, and kind of like uh, McDonald's slogans and Sprite and some of those others. So I think he started it in either 2016 or 2015, but it is movement, and even in the middle of a pandemic, you still got various ambassadors that are giving these great testimonies about how we can celebrate our uh, individual genius, and we don't always have to think that it's that one or small percent that have got the quote unquote super smarts, because we all have a talent in one sort or another, and we just need to celebrate that talent. So that's what the Genius is Common Movement is all about. Before we wrap up, what are your thoughts about that, about the fact that we've all got a talent and we need to celebrate it on a regular basis?
2: Well, you need to find out what it is and and then once you find out what it is and what it is you like to do then you work on uh you know making it better or, or fine tuning what needs to be fine tuned so that it's a positive, you know. So take
3: agreed. Time. Yep, agreed. And by the way if they go to YouTube and they type in Genius is common, he's got like some 528 videos from different uh, celebrities, and like I said, we were airing some of them during the Black Business Expo, but they gave, include everything from Leslie Green to Amberly uh, Booker to uh, um, definitely even had some of the last poets that gave their genius as common testimony as well. So definitely some great testimonies. Most of them range anywhere from a few seconds to um, as much as uh, whole uh, multiple minutes. And all of that. So definitely that's one of the things he's doing is let folks celebrate their talent and share their talent with the world. So definitely I was glad to meet and have the pleasure of meeting Bruce George. And hopefully we'll get Bruce George to come on the show. I know I've reached out to him and definitely want him to come on and share a little bit about this movement of his. And apparently he is a codologist because apparently he knows tons of quotes and is able to just break down all kinds of conversations with the various quotes that he has had the pleasure of knowing and all of that. So like I said, he's a codologist and definitely has some great things that he shares with his uh, public through these quotes and all of that. So as we're going to try just one last YouTube, and this is not one that I downloaded, so this will be a new one even for our other listeners. But here is Danny Simmons. And so that was Danny Simmons, the famous brother of uh, the other Simmons and everything, and definitely a co-founder of the Death Poetry Jam, sharing a little bit about geniuses common to him and everything. And I want to say that they started that movement in his house, because Bruce had gone there to his house and approached him about doing the uh, Deaf Poetry Jam. So I want to say that that's how Bruce got involved with Danny, was creating the Deaf Poetry Jam at Bruce's house, and then they've been friends ever since and still enjoy doing to work, and Danny is now supporting him with the Geniuses Common movement and all of that. So in two weeks, because next week you're going to go off and celebrate with your lovely wife, so definitely uh, wish y'all both good and everything, and I know that it'll be an amazing celebration, and you'll figure out something dynamic, and you'll tell about tell us about it in two weeks, so I'm definitely looking forward to have that conversation with you as well as whatever guests we dig <laughs> up, and who knows? It might even be Bruce George. I just sent him an email as well as the folks that are doing a black-owned website called black owned.com. So I'm hoping that they might be on in two weeks as well. And there's some other folks that I am reaching out to in the entrepreneurial space and in the creative space and all of that. So, uh, Dean, it's been a great conversation. I told you it might be just all over the place. It was going to be one of those, uh, you know, dinner time coffee conversations where we just wind up talking about all kinds of things and laughing and all of that. But certainly enjoyed it and look forward to more great conversations. Maybe more of the typical interviews, but every once in a while we have these kind as well, and they are oftentimes fun also. So I thoroughly enjoyed the time and tell uh, uh, Dr. Diamond that I look forward to y'all having many, many more years of bliss together and all of that. And I definitely Thank know you. that y'all will have an amazing anniversary. But I do know that, you know, you brought her onto the show a couple of times. And even though we've never physically met, I still feel close to her as I do feel close to you. So y'all are like brothers and sisters in spirit to me. So I oh, definitely want it, to right. send my uh, well wishes to y'all as y'all celebrate your wedding anniversary.
2: Thank you, bro. Greatly. Appreciate it, man. And um, I don't have too much more to say except this right here. You know how I signed it off. It's Straight Talk with Dana Mark Monday night, com 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to catch the replays on the Skyhawk Radio Network tomorrow afternoon and Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you miss those, we do have replays on Radio Public. iHeartRadio. Google Podcast, Spotify, Spreaker, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcast, PodChaser, Podcast Addict, Castbox, PodFollow, Deezer, GeoSaving, and right here on Blog Talk Radio, where we are also part of the Level Podcast Network, where you can catch shows like The Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause. The Chef Gang Radio Show. Funk from the Front Seat. Funk Music with Zach. Learning Unwrap. Less K-12 Better. Marketing with Rust. AKA Hashtag Rush Mona Shake and the Minority Reports. Mullins Music and Memories with Mark Lee. The Online Dinner Party with Mark Lee. The Plant a Good Seed Podcast. The Reinvention Road Trip. She's on Call. The Just Podcast, The Mark Lee Show, The Spin It Social Hour, The Spin It Interface Live, and, uh, golly, I got all the way to the end, WNC Original Music, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and Straight Talk with Deed and Mark. Like I always say, y'all, when you walk outside your front door, showtime and the world is your stage. Just make sure that people are not watching the rehearsal. And with that being said, the six-man Dean Geronimo have an outstanding week, have an outstanding and safe weekend. We see y'all in fourteen days.
3: Sounds good. We'll see you in fourteen days. Hopefully, with some more amazing guests. Who knows? I might even reach out to Jess, who does the reinvention roadmap, and see if she's willing to get on because she and her friend Teresa have written a book that actually deals with the courses of dating and why they date the people that they date and all of that. So I might see if she can talk her friend into coming on and talking about that. If not, on the 28th, sometime in July. But I do you know that they've got that book out there, and that's two friends that are in that whole 45, late 40s, early 50s age range, and still out there doing the dating thing. So they might even give some tips to the guys as to why they choose to date the folks that they choose to date so like i said they come from different parts of society just as we know from having met her on this show and others is definitely an african-american sister from ohio and teresa is a european-american but i forget which part of the world she's from so they definitely got different viewpoints of the dating from their own cultural background so i might reach out to them and see if they're willing to come on and i still got to get that lady that's got her business this that fancy couch and everything that is taking the nation by storm because it's a couch that you're supposed to play on because you know how when we were growing up they would tell you not to play on the couch but this is a couch that was created as a toy so it is meant to be a toy so you're supposed to jump on it play on it break it up tear it up and do everything that we were told not to do with our furniture because i know on one of my shows i was talking about the old china furniture that you hope it get passed from generation to generation and how if you touch that china you are going to get a of beating from your grandma. So, that, you know, things even in the furniture world have changed as well. So, on that note, I'm out of here as well, and we're going to see y'all in two weeks because Dean's going to go celebrate an anniversary, and it's a much-needed and well-deserved anniversary. So, we're going to see him in two weeks, and we're going to have a blast until that time. But, Dean, have a good one. Come up with a great gift for your wife, and definitely look forward to telling us all about it when you come back on in two weeks.
2: All right, bro. Peace. Peace.
7: T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch and bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to
8: $800. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com.
7: Own the road with T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz in the 5, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G.
8: See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party Oomlaac from crowdsourced user experience. Data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to OpenSignal Awards based on average speeds in USA. 5G user experience report July 2021.
7: At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch and bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to $800 bucks only
8: at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams of 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com.
7: Own the road with T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz in the 5, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America
8: with 5G. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party UMAC from crowdsourced user experience. Data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to OpenSignal awards based on average speeds in USA 5G user experience report July 2021.
7: At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. Then bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to $800. Bucks
8: only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at t At T-Mobile,
7: we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. Then bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to $800.
8: Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com.
3: Hate crimes are dangerous and insidious, but you have the power to help stop them. If you witness or experience a hate crime, a criminal offense motivated by race, religion, disability, sexual orientation, or other characteristics, you can report it to the FBI, who is committed to protecting communities and supporting victims. Submit a tip at 800-CALL-FBI or tips.fbi.gov. The FBI is here to help, protecting our communities together. Report hate crimes.
7: At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch and bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to
8: $800. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. At
7: T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch and bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to $800 bucks
8: only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com.
7: At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch and bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to eight hundred bucks.
8: Only at T-Mobile. Compatible device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. Forty gigs high
1: speed tethering. Up to eight hundred dollars via virtual prepaid card. Allow fifteen days. Support charges waived. See details at tmobile.com.